Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I tell you what, I hope you all are rocking the house because I know that I am. It is just, it, it's an awesome day. You know, now, to, last night, I don't know if you've all, if you all live on the East Coast or you live in, in where it snows, I mean, I, well, I guess three quarters of the United States, um, you know that when the clouds come in, how the lights from your city just kind of hit the clouds and beam back down, it gets that Christmassy spirit because the sound waves hit the clouds and come back down. Well, that happened last night in Destin. Big old cloud bank came in and it brightened it up and and you could hear all of the excitement, everything that was happening. And I just get stoked during this time of year because it's a time to set back, set back and really just reflect. Hey, where am I at for the year? What have I got to do for the year? How have I, how have I helped others for the year? And I think at the end of the day. That's what it should be about. I was on the phone last night with just a phenomenal couple out of North Carolina. And as we were talking, they had called me, and they had a list of companies they wanted to know about. And they said, Troy, here's these companies. Can you talk to us about them? I mean, gosh, I mean a dozen or so companies that we chatted about, that we talked about. And uh, it was like, man, this is great stuff. Because as I shared with them, and they were getting excited about their story, about their passion, I, I, I thought back to Simon Sinek's book, The Why. And then they said, you know, Troy, we've had mediocre success, and they told me the company where they had the greatest success, which was like fifteen grand a month. They were doing awesome. And I said, man, this is, this is what life's about. I said, if you guys, on your next run, find the company that fits your passion, uh, fits what you're doing, then you can take this to a whole new height. You can take it to whole new places. And I said, but you got to know your why. And I said, it really does sound like your why. They've got this passion to, to do some stuff in ministry, and they want to use the network marketing company, the, the the income that they make there, as a way to be able to, to do that and to grow. And I thought, man, this is what it's this is what it's supposed to be about, you know. And when we all take our time, to, to really go out of our way and and do things the way it's supposed to be done, do things the way that I think the good Lord intends, to be quite honest. You know, I mean, if if we will if we will do what we're supposed to do and we will build our business in a in a professional manner the way we're supposed to. I honestly think no matter what it is uh you want to do you will see that success explode. And some people might disagree with me on that. And they'll say, Troy, it's all in you. It's it's what you've got to do, and it's not. It's what you want to do. It's what you want to do to help others. And when you kick it off and do that kind of stuff, then the sky's the limit. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But the way we're going to talk about it is probably going to be just a little bit different. Because I want to talk about how do you stay motivated during these down times, during those times that frustrate you. And and one of the ways you do it, because as we've gone through Ken's Dunn, Ken Dunn's book, The Most Important Minute in Your Network Marketing Career, we've learned a substantial thing. We've learned the five levels of belief. We've learned how to go from being a prospect to the apprentice to the mentor. We, we've talked about what to do after you join the company. But there's this controversial 
part of, of really building a business in network marketing. And and the critics will tell you, man, all you guys do is try to get people to go to the next event, go to the next event. I, I've had this discussion with a great friend and mentor of mine, Orrin Woodward. Orrin and I kind of started out not seeing eye to eye on some issues, and over the years, even on the issues that we still may not see eye to eye on, we have such a mutual respect of listening to each other. And he's one of the, the guys that I know. He's Him and Ken Dunn are real good friends too. And I learned something with Warren, and, and that is, Troy, when you get people to focus on the future, he goes, it doesn't matter if it's the future of their life, the future of their spiritual health, financial, whatever. He's got like eight spokes in his company. He said that the key to it all is to get them to focus on something that's attainable. I said, that makes sense. He goes, so we do our our regional events, and, and, and what that's what we focus on. And I remember Art used to talk to us all the time about, man, you got to look for the next big event. Get them there. Get them excited. Let them know they're not out there by themselves. And as I started thinking about that, I thought, man, this really does make a lot of good sense. This is truly what it's about. Because if you promise yourself, I'm never going to miss an event. Now, listen, we all know there's going to be times you're going to miss an event. You know, I, I've got a, I've got a buddy of mine. Matter of fact, I'm going to go see him. Uh, looks like next Tuesday. I just he taught me so much in this business. Had his own ups and downs. His name's Hubert Humphrey, one of the most successful networkers that I know. And I'm headed to Atlanta next Tuesday. I can't fly, so I'm driving. And Hubert and I are going to invest some time together. But one of the things that I used to just totally get stoked about was when he believed in me more than I believed in myself. I remember an, an event that I wanted to go to, and I, I just couldn't. Tessa was in the hospital. I was dead busted broke. We weren't making the kind of money yet at WMA that we wanted to make. Matter of fact, I think I'd only been in a couple, three months. And I was talking with John Benham, who was my direct sponsor. Uh, him and him and Hubert kind of co-sponsored me. And I said, John, just keep me posted on the event and what's happening and what's going on, man, because I, I just know... There's going to be some great stuff come out of that. And about an hour later, he called and said, hey, Hubert said he'd just fly you in and take care of you, man. And and that's what they did. Now, they were flying the jet in so I could hang with everybody, but we changed that because I had to I had to take care of my baby girl. So I got a plane ticket. We flew out, and it was the most awesome experience. He put me up in a hotel, and I I, I grew in a way that I never dreamed I would grow. It's because he believed in me, and there's this big event, and I'm meeting all these people, and I'm seeing that other people are going through the same struggles I have. And it's like, okay, it, and all of a sudden dawned on me why this was so important. Tom Peters said once, leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders. Leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders. You know, followers just kind of happen. They just kind of show up. Leaders are developed over time. Usually it's a follower that that really gets inspired by what you're saying and what you're doing. And then all of a sudden they say, you know, I can do that. I want to be like you. They don't, they don't mean they want to model exactly what who you are. I mean, there's some wackos that do. But what they're trying to say is, hey, I want to be able to have that confidence, have that power of of command and see, when you do that, when you, when you people, then all of a sudden they say, you know what, I think I can do this a little better than you. I, I think I can do this different than you. 
I, I think I can do this in a way that will benefit me. And that's what you want. But the only way to get that is to make sure that your team is focused in on what's important. This couple that I was on the phone with last night, we had just an awesome call, had nothing to do with the company that I'm with. But they do their due diligence, and after we'd spent an hour talking on the phone about them, what their visions were, their goals were, what companies they were interested in, wanting to know if there was a way I might introduce them to some CEOs that could could do some fly-ins and stuff like that. We were ready to get off the call. I, I value people's time. I don't, I don't want to take advantage of it. And the, the husband of this couple says, Troy... Before we got on with you, we'd already made a decision. We want to know about your company. I said, okay. And I didn't take an hour. We we took about another 30 minutes as I shared the passion of why I joined a company that I joined. I shared a little bit about what we planned on to do with it as a vehicle and, and how we have our local events and our regional events and how the CEO and his wife right now are traveling all through the south and, and that I'm going to be in Atlanta on a special meeting next week, and, and they're flying in with me. And it's with Hubert, I'll tell you who it's with, and, and that there's a possibility that if, if time permits, I would, I'd would i see if they could drive over and we could just spend an hour or so with, with the founders of the company. They were all stoked about that. But what got them more excited was the fact that part of the events that we do are, are vacations together. We, we We get the leaders together a couple times a year. We have we have our leadership councils and stuff like that and and all of a sudden they said Troy we believe like you that that that's what it is you got to have you got to have big events with your people and that could be a little event guys I want you to know that but that could be big to your team listen to what what Ken says here he says I joined a business in November 2003 and got off to a pretty good start by the fourth month I, month I had 40 people on my team the company I joined was having an international convention with over 600 people. And it was going to be in my home city. Everyone was around me was excited. They were buying tickets. Every time I turned around, I walked into a conversation about the convention. It was driving me crazy. At that time, I was investigating murders and writing mortgages. Network marketing was something extra that I was just doing for fun. My friends and I had to make fun of what had to use. My friends and I used to make fun of what we were doing. I had no intention of going to the convention. Why well, I did need to, why I need, did need to, I made twenty eight hundred in U.S. dollars in my third month. What I, what could I learn at the event? I knew it all. Now you got to understand why Ken's writing this. Ken not only was investigating murders and 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 children cases, but he had also ended up becoming an expert in MLM compensation plans and testified as a as a professional witness in front of what the. What, what's the equivalent of the United States Supreme Court on Ponzi's and pyramid schemes? And he had set in on many, many conventions, many, many opportunity meetings, and made fun of them. You can read all about this in uh, you, uh, Be the Change, his other book. And it was interesting because I could see his arrogance, his, his cynicism, his, his flat, I'm not going to be one of those kind of people. But listen to this. He said, I was very thankful that I had a mentor that first year who really understood the business. He'd always been in the profession. He had been in the profession for over a decade and at the time was making over $100,000 a month. He happened to live in the same city, and one day he asked me why I wasn't going to the convention. I told him I didn't need to learn anything and that I had lots going on. My mentor told me right there 
I had to be there as I was going to win one of the big recruiting awards and was going to get a chance to speak on stage. Boy, did he know how excited I'd be. He also suggested that I need to get all 40 of my people there as they would be really fired up when they saw me win the award. The best way to motivate an egomaniac, tell him he's about to get a trophy in front of 600 people. Now, I honestly think over my career that's been part of my problem. And and I want to share a little bit. This is not in Ken's book. I just want to share a little bit for you guys that listen. Coming out of the Marine Corps, or going into the Marine Corps, I had an ego. I thought I was pretty bad. And, And literally, my dad had raised me in a way that, based on my own pain tolerance and just my natural ability, I was pretty quick, and I didn't have a problem taking punches at all. I detested bullies that picked on little people, so very seldom did I get a fight in a fight because of my ego, but I would get into a fight when I saw somebody that was being abused, bullied, ridiculed. Part of that is a different story of my own upbringing and and what I went through with my family. And it was interesting to me because what would end up happening is that I would get my butt in trouble so many times that I really did think I was bad. Now, at the same time, I learned a lesson. I learned that words can hurt you more than a fist can because although I had a high pain tolerance when it came to physical abuse, my pain tolerance for for verbal abuse was low. I didn't want to speak in front of crowds. I didn't want to be called out and ridiculed by any girl, by anybody that I respected. To me, that was just that would be the worst day. So when, when I got into network marketing, coming out of the Marine Corps, I had gone from being really cocky and egotistical and thinking I was bad to knowing that physically I, I could pretty much take on the world. But what the Marine Corps had taught me more than anything there was about leadership and about being proud of being a Marine and being able to get up in front of a room and start talking to people about that. Now, I could talk about the Marine Corps all day long, but what I still had an issue with was getting in front of a room. And every time I'd get to a network marketing event, somebody would say, hey, man, you you got to be here because you just took the part-time award or you took the highest earning award, you took this or that. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to get up in front of a room and talk kind of strange how God does weird things. Now I speak in front of rooms with thousands and we do radio shows and and everything else, but it was a little freaky at the time. Ken, on the other hand, had so much ego, he was willing to talk to everybody. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want you guys to understand something. You're going to have people on your team that are going to be just like I was. They're they're not going to want to be at the front of the room. You're going to have couples, and the wife's going to say, you know what, I don't want to be up there. I don't want to get all fancy and dressed. I just want to be me. Embrace them. Talk to them. Explain to them why they need to be at the event, but you best respect them. If they say, look, I know I'm supposed to get an award, but, dude, I can't do the speaking thing, so if you're going to walk me across the stage, don't make me speak. Either speak for me and praise me and let me get right off the stage, or don't give it to me. Give it to me in private. Because if you don't, all of a sudden, you've just screwed up that big event. And that person will never show up at another event. You'll wonder why they won that award and never showed back up, became a secret agent. That's why. Ken's story goes on. He says, I ended up convincing my friends to come. 
It was the best lesson I had ever learned in our profession. At the convention, I met people from all over the world. I had no idea so many people were doing the business. There were people from all walks of life, including doctors, lawyers, dentists, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. I was blown away. And what I learned about the company, about the products in our company, was second to none. I got to meet the product formulator. He put his whole life into the products. The products were helping people all over the world. I was elated to be on stage and realize that I wanted everyone on my team to feel the same. Now, that's the sign of a good leader. You want people to feel the excitement. You want them to have an, a, 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 an emotional experience. That's all great. But you better make sure that emotional experience is positive, not negative. You have to make sure that as they grow out of their comfort zone, that maybe the first big event where they're on stage happens to be your local event. Maybe it's just one of the, the local parties that you guys are doing if you do parties or you're meeting people. You've got to understand, inside of a person, just meeting somebody one-on-one -on -one at Starbucks can be a freaking giant event. Doing a three-way call could be a giant event. Oh, let me tell you a story on that one. My number one recruiter, I mean, he was sponsoring 25, 30 people personally a month, almost one a day when we were running ProStep. And I said, Mark, his name's Mark Weezer. He's just a, he's a, just a firecracker, man. He's so good. I said, dude, I got to get with you. We need to, uh, we need to do a conference call, and and really share with people what you're doing. Now I'm thinking this dude is doing 25 personals a, a, a time. He's my my soaring eagles, what we called the award, top recruiter in the company. He's getting thousands of dollars in bonuses. He was getting more in bonuses than some people made a month. And and I'm I mean I'm th I mean his sponsor's not doing as well as he is. He is kicking butt. So we, we brag about this, this training call we're going to do. We've got thousands of people on the call. This is hilarious, I'm telling you. And here's what happens. He freezes. I'm asking him a question, and, and he's stuttering over himself. I mean, I could tell that he was just a, a mop. He was, he, I am swear he would have looked like a guy that had been boxing in the ring for 15 rounds with sweat pouring off of him. We get off the call. I call him back privately. And it's like his voice is cracking. Troy, I said, dude, you're like a rock star at recruiting. You've got a, a, a major of some kind in psychology. You, you're used to helping people with their mental issues. What freaking happened? Now, we laugh about this today. And he said, I've never talked publicly to anybody. I just talk privately on my telephone. And I'm cracking up. I said, what do you think you just did? You were talking to me on the phone. You just had a thousand voyeurs listening in. Dude, we were on mute. You couldn't hear him. He was freaking. And today he's one of the top recruiters in, I think, the history of Zango. I mean, just did a remarkable job. You know, this is, this is where his comfort zone, he had to step out of it. Now he can speak on stage. He does all kinds of stuff. We all go through these stages with folks. Everybody needs to be at the big event. But not everybody needs to go across the stage. Not everybody needs to be pushed way outside their comfort zone. Remember, you're like the eagle, so you're going to kick them out and you're going to pick them up on your wings and you want them to trust you. You want them to know you, like you, and trust you, and they're not going to do that if you put them on the spot. Okay, that's not what you want. Got to work on this, guys. I, I still do. Ken goes on, he says, The month after the, convi the convention, my team tripled 
and my income went from 28 to 10,000 a month. Now that's an extraordinary example of the reason to attend events, but it proves an inevitable point. If you want to make full-time income in the profession, you have to attend all events. Now that right there is one of the most important phrases in this whole book. If if you want to make full-time income. Let me go back to this conversation I had last night with these people on the phone. They said, Troy, in your company, what are what are the, the business builder packs? Because in all companies, you have product user packs, and then you have business builder packs. Product builder pack usually runs you anywhere from maybe 100 to 200 bucks. A business builder pack to get enough product in so you've, you've got some that you can use in, in self-promotion, or not self-promotion, but in promoting locally and doing all that stuff. You'll run anywhere from, from 500 bucks to, to 1500 bucks on average. That's what it costs to really, if you're going to build the business, do the parties, have samples, no different than a party plan or anything else. It's about what you're going to invest. And I said, here's the, here's the three business builder packages. Since that's what you're asking me, I'm, going to, I'm going to assume that you would want to build the business. I said it's five hundred, uh, nine hundred, or it's or it's basically fifteen hundred bucks with shipping and taxes. You know, it's gonna it's probably gonna run you seven hundred, a thousand, seventeen hundred bucks, something like that. Well, what do you suggest? I said, what do you feel comfortable with? Dead silence. They said, well, don't you don't you have something that you're promoting? I said, oh. I said, are you, do you mean, am I going out there saying, okay, man, if, you're gonna, if you want to build it and build it big and you want to build it fast and you want to max out the compensation plan, then, then you need to come in at the fourteen ninety nine package? And, of course, I changed the tonality of my voice, and I'm all hip and hop, and, and they're laughing. And they said, well, yeah, that's what we meant. I said, we've only talked on the phone for an hour and a half. How do I know that's right for you? I said, I can't do that. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you over some information. I'm going to send you to my website to take a peek at. I want you to write down any questions that you have. I want you to send them back to me. And when you guys are ready to talk again, let me know. I went to bed pretty early last night because I'd been at the dentist and my mouth was hurting. I just wanted to go chill, watch some Netflix. and So I chilled out. Next thing I know, I hear my, my text messaging going off on my phone. The reason I know when a text message goes off is because it plays Dixie, which is the, like the most most... I mean, that's just the song everybody should sing every morning when they get up is Dixie. And, yes, I'm from the South. So, you know, I'm sitting there listening to this, and it's like, man, that's a text message, but I'm not getting my butt out of bed. My kids know that if it's important, they should call me, not text me. And even if they text, I have a special ringtone for them. So I knew it wasn't anything that wasn't business-oriented because all of my family have a special code. I get up this morning. It was about 5 o'clock. And it's a message from my my new friends. Troy, we want to reconvene today. Got a couple questions. Cool. But you want to know why that happened? The relationship I built many years ago. I didn't push them. I didn't tell them this is what they had to do. I met them at their comfort zone. Now we know where their comfort zone, or I will later know where their comfort zone is. may not even be at my company, but I'll know where their comfort zone is. And from that point forward, what will happen is we will move them a little bit out of their comfort zone every time we do something. Now, they already want to go to a big event, trust me, but to them right now, a big event is just if we can meet for an hour at the airport when my, my business partners are flying into town. That's, that's To them, that's a big event. 
See, this is what you have to understand. I 100% agree with what Ken's saying. You, <laughs> you get people to events, their mindset changes. Everything changes. That's why people tell you, well, yeah, you can, you can meet God in your living room watching Jerry Falwell on TV. You better not do it now because he's dead. But, I mean, yeah, you can do that. You can listen to Joel Osteen. Now, there's somebody I just love to listen to. Ed Young. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Ed Young, senior or junior, great pastors, the great Charles Stanley. I mean, crying out loud, we're talking about some, some boys that know what they're doing. How many of you like Joyce Myers? I mean, here's a gal that smoked cigarettes for so long, she sounds like the godfather, but yet has a message and a half. And you can meet God right there in your living room, but it's always better if you can go hang out with some other like-minded believers. Does that happen all the time? Absolutely not. Can it happen all the time? Absolutely not. But the reason that they say get around more people, that's why the second chapter of Acts, when you look at the second chapter of Acts Church, and guys, I'm not going down a rabbit trail, just listen a minute. They met in their homes and they fellowshiped and they celebrated, and that's why your network marketing company has dadgum parties. Challenge party, experience party, passport party, my party, your party, her party, let's all party. The reason they do that is because they know that when you get like-minded people together, and the synergy's going, and people are asking questions, and people are, are setting their fellowship and loving, communicating, whatever you call it. A tribe is formed. And people grow. People, people work with each other. That's why. Whether it's your spiritual life, your physical life, it's why, yeah, I can work out at home. I'm going to go buy that thing that, that Charles, Charles, uh, uh, Chuck, uh, what's his name from uh, the martial art guy? I forget his name. That's just, I'm so passionate right now. But all of a sudden, I can get that. I can do that. Him and him and Christy Brinkley, you know Chuck Norris. That's it. Him and Christy Brinkley, they can do their thing. Yeah, they can. And then you probably stick it under the couch and forget you even bought it. Versus going to a gym and working out and being accountable and being motivated. That's the key. That's why big events are so important. It's interesting. Ken says. An event describes everything from our weekly opening meetings to Saturday events. Webinars, conference calls, quarterly events, major conventions. Everything should be a major event. Get them there. We used to tell people, man, you know, I don't care if you bring somebody to our weekly opportunity call. Get on the call. The call is to be able to sell the dream to the new people and sell the dream again to the old people. You've got to do this. You've got to crank it up. You've got to roll it forward. This is the key. Funny, Ken says, we are in the ticket-selling business. Sounds like another friend of mine. He says, as we build a business, we are constantly trying to balance a lot of outside forces, ranging from our relatives and their stinking thinking, to the critics, to the stress of the world, bills, family issues, financial issues, you name it. You will have days when you say, I have to keep going, and attending events gives you a chance to recharge your jet. In January of this year, I was actually up in Ohio, freaking I don't know why I did it in Ohio, except that Orrin Woodward said, I'm flying you into Ohio, I want you to see one of my big events and give you an inside access to my community. I said, I appreciate that trust, I'm on my way. I got up before 7 o'clock that morning. I went to their first little events during the day where three, four, five, six hundred people showed up. I said, this is a pretty big event, and he snickers at me. Lori, his wife, is more more diplomatic. Orrin's not. He just laughs. He goes, you ain't seen nothing yet. 
that night, the first day, we went over and we had inside meetings with his top enchilada of people. Now the meetings got smaller. They went from several hundred to less than a hundred to a handful. They were his inside group, his closest confidants, his his council. We got done. I said, well, that's pretty cool, but that's kind of small. And again, Lori just smiles and Orrin goes, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay. The next day, I'm up again before 7 o'clock. And I didn't get home till 2 in the morning. As I watched 10,000 people show up at the big conference center in Ohio to get their batteries recharged. Now, they had meetings after the meetings after the meetings. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am not a fan of meetings after the meetings after meetings. But I understand why some people do it. But you got to understand why you need to show up at events, small and large. You increase your chances of associating with the right people. <laughs> you will learn more about your business opportunity, and you'll learn it faster. You will stay up to speed on any new announcements. You'll be... You will have a much easier time building the belief factor when you build your belief factor, and you'll become confident of where you're going. I'm a firm believer in that, guys. Small or large. I just put up a video today on on Vitacup, who just had their first red carpet event. Wonderful deal. You can see it. Passionate people. you got to do this, guys. This is a training. This is nuts and bolts training to build your network marketing business. Tomorrow, title of the chapter, Front Row Attitude. It's going to be rocking. I love it. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. And if you're in network marketing, act like it. You've been listening to the Beachside CEO heard around the world on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive powered radio.